Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with uh, son number one. Son number one. <laughs> We'll You're see. looking right Sam. at me. No, no, it's Sam. Uh-huh. Sam, Sam number one is I hear Sam. Because he's a disappointment. And then Sam number, <laughs> Sam number two is is Tom. Uh, welcome, guys. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Yeah, so so I'm a, a man. Thanks. So that, so, I hope. Yeah, I am. I promise you. Um, so uh, we're, we're, we're reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Uh, and I thought on our show that you know that's what that's the gospel for the weekend that uh, that we're in, and so thought we'd read through it. And uh, who is son number one and son number two, and what what the heck did they do? Son number two's a good guy. <laughs> He's you got great so? hair. I used to have a kid just like son son number two. Do you? That's good. William. Well, let's let's find out who they are first by reading. I had to say his name from the t- the twenty first chapter yeah. of Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and elders of the people, What is your opinion? A man had two sons. He came to the first and said, Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. He said in reply, I will not. But afterwards changed his mind and went. See, son number two is not a good guy. (laughs) (laughs) The man came to the other son and gave the same order. He said in reply, Yes, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did his father's did his father's will? They answered the first. Jesus said to them, "Amen, I say to you, tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before you. When John came to you in a way of righteousness, you did not believe him, but tax collectors and prostitutes did. Yet even when you saw that, you did not later change your minds and believe him." So, Tom. So I'm wrong. <laughs> it's not good to it's be the first time. Son number, yeah, son number one. So he's the guy. Well, yeah, but here's what's interesting. This is this is like got a lot of uh, flavor to it. This particular uh, mm-hmm. uh, little story because there's a lot of pieces and parts to this. I mean, first of all, son number one didn't seem to be such a good guy. I'm, I'm sure that the man who's the father was not real happy with son number one. Right. I mean, initially first, not. First, yeah, initially not. Um, you know, things turned out okay. But, yeah. but it's like, Sam, I need you to go out and work in the field. Sam's like, no. It's like, gee, great. You know, and then he goes <laughs> or, the, off. or these days, parents asking their kid to go do something and they're playing video games is the most That's exactly on their right. phone. Oh, yeah. That's right. But at least Sam went. Yes. Right. right. And and that part's that. You know, they're good. grumbling and mumbling and <laughs> kicking clods. No, nah, I know. It just says he changed his mind and went. Mm-hmm. So we don't know why he changed his mind or, or, or what the circumstance was. Now, the other son, Tom. <laughs> Tom says, yes, sir. <laughs> Tom is a people pleaser. Yes, sir. Yeah. Notice Tom says, yes, sir. Not, I will not. And as soon as you turn your back, it's like, whatever. I'm yeah. not going. <laughs> then you get you out. can count on me at your peril. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Well, you went, You got your Wii controller there you go. as soon as, soon as uh, the father left the room. So now, we should couch all this by, what is Jesus talking about here? And, and certainly there's, you, we've all heard those, uh, those adage, that, like under promise and over deliver. 
or overpromise and underdeliver. Which one's right? Which one's wrong? We all know that you should. I mean, in the business world, you don't want to underpromise and overdeliver, right? Because that always leaves people with a, a happier feeling. On the front end, they're not sure, mm-hmm. right? But if but if you say like, well, I don't know, it's going to take me a week to put this pool in, and it takes three days. It's like, hey, hey, win win, right. right? But if you say it's going to take me three days and it takes you a week. It still took the, you know, it's like you, 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 you make people unhappy. Right. Right. And so in this situation, you've got basically uh, a son who says no. And what's beautiful about the situation is for whatever reason, he changed his mind. Mm-hmm. Now, I maybe felt guilty, uh, but there was a, a conversion there. Right. Right. And then the other son who says, yes, sir, I don't know that his heart was ever open to actually doing it. He was probably a little deceptive Mm -hmm. and maybe knew that he probably wasn't going to do it. Mm -hmm. You guys think that he probably knew that? I mean, we're reading a lot into this. I mean, another angle is, is maybe the two boys are right there. And they're watching each other. Oh. And the second son's like, okay, I know how to get on dad's good side. I'll just do this. I'll say Ex- this. Except except he still probably was planning not to go. <laughs> right. Right. And they, they could have had a, had a conversation behind the, behind his back. Yeah. Well, Easy for me to say. Kids today might have just said, give me 20 bucks first. <laughs> you know, right. Then, well, you know, give my right. al- can I have my allowance ahead of time? Yeah. You know, I don't know. But uh, I, I do know that. The other important aspect of this story is who is Jesus talking to? Now, we look at it from a modern-day perspective, like, what does this say to us? And, mm-hmm. and that's important, but I don't want to lose the original context of this, and that is he's talking to the Pharisees, right? Yes. right? The scribes and the Pharisees, he's, these, are the, these are the know-it-alls. They know everything, yeah. right? They're the, they're the leaders of the people. They're highly respected. They're in places of honor. They wear the fancy vestments and clothes. Right, they're invited to all the dinners. They sit at the, the the good, you know, at the head of the table. All these things. This is them, and they're the learned ones, and they know the law. Uh, and Jesus, you know, they're the same ones Jesus calls the brood of vipers and the hypocrites, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and they're not, uh, you know, they're not necessarily deep down inside good folk. And that's what I think Jesus is trying to point out that these people they know the law, they know how to quote-unquote, please God right. by keeping the law, but their hearts are not on board, mm-hmm. right? And there's zero conversion. So they're not actually doing anything, right? Right? They know all those things. And so I know that's what's going on uh, as far as that's concerned. It makes and, and why they probably get really riled when Jesus says, tax collectors and prostitutes are getting to heaven before you guys. Yeah. You guys talk a good game, but you're not delivering. Oh yeah, so so the challenge then becomes how do you deliver in that situation? And I'll, I'll tell you, when we look at it from a so that's the that's the scribes and the Pharisees, but we look at it from a modern perspective, right? This does this story is this relevant today, right? So why, you know, why do we answer in like the second guy? Yes, sir. <laughs> but, we, but we don't do it. Why do we promise and then not deliver? What are the things that keep us or cause us to promise and not deliver? But can we blame it on something? What are, what are the what are the reasons why we would do that? Because it, it obviously happens a lot. I'm, I mean, I think all of us individually struggle with that. Oh, yeah. I think everybody's trying to preserve their image in some way, shape, or form. And I think when you are that yes guy 
you know, you've got a great image initially. But then once people get underneath it all, it's like, whoa, wait a second. That's you didn't not what I bargained for. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, looking at the example of the Pharisees, they got where they got by being mouthpieces. You know, they had a position at that point. And I think that when uh, they aren't judged uh, prior to Christ and prior to John the Baptist by their actions, uh, they're the powers that be, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they get uh, to preserve that place just themselves, you know, right. so to speak. And so I think that uh, when there isn't that accountability in place... You know that, and and they weren't holding themselves accountable either. That's ultimately, I think, what allows the uh, allows them and allows folks who are kind of falling in line with that to to fail to uh, live out what they actually say. Yeah, Amen. I I, I agree. I, I but I think there's lots of reasons why. You know, because you 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 know when you go into your parish, you're not going to be uh, let's just say well received. If you walk around, don't go down the pew and, excuse me, uh, you're a Pharisee. Excuse me, you're a scribe. Excuse me, you're a Pharisee. Mm-hmm. Right. And we're pointing, because people won't receive that well. I tried it. I mean. I, <laughs> yeah. You've been, you're on your 14th parish now? I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> well, you know, but I think there still are aspects in all of us of some of this. So are we a people pleaser? Mm. I mean, for us, is it, like Tom, you mentioned your image. Mm-hmm. I think some people might be concerned about how they're perceived. Right, and so it may be doing the right thing for the wrong reason. Right, think about that a little bit in the in the context of politics. People worry about whether is this person really are they a believer in the little person? Are they are they really pro life? Are they really whatever? And the thing is, they might still be doing the right thing for the wrong reason, you know, or they might be doing the wrong thing for the right reason. It's like it, it can get it can get kind of crazy, but a lot of times it's like it's about it's more about pleasing people. Yeah. And get having an image than it is about actually believing that thing. Or if you go to somebody and say, hey, will you help me with this thing? And they may say, yeah, sure, I can help you with that. Because you're conferring them, basically, uh, upon them, a position of, of, of in your life. Of, you're saying, I have a need. And you're letting that person in saying, well, I can be the person that fulfills that need. And there's mm-hmm. a, sort of a... Uh, a psychic income that that person can have to an extent by being that person and occupying that place. And there are some folks, I think we've all encountered it and have those situations where you you turn to somebody with a need, they say, yeah, you can count on me. And then they're kind of hoping in the background that you forget about it Mm -hmm. or they come up with reasons why this or that didn't work until you just get maybe tired of it. And uh, they find ways to to basically have it both ways, mm-hmm. you know, to where they get the benefit of being the guy, but at the same time uh, shirking responsibility. And I think all of us, if we're honest with ourselves, have fallen into that at one point or another. Because yeah. sometimes it can be really attractive to be that guy mm-hmm. that says, yeah, I can get that need and done And we can overpromise. You. Yeah. Right? I, I think about that every time I walk by a rack full of gift cards, and I think, you know... If I just took all of the, all those gift cards off the shelf, but I didn't activate any of them, I didn't pay for them, and just handed them out, and people would be like, man, that guy is so generous. Look, he just gave a $50 Amazon card to that homeless person. <laughs> like, that's going to do good. But anyway, it's like you hand out all these, these gift cards, but they're not activated, right? And you, and you think, ultimately, they're going to be upset when they find out this thing's not activated, but you made a lot of friends that day. Have you ever seen one of those? <laughs> 
No, I, I have. I, have you? Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> oh, it's a bad feeling, huh? It is. <laughs> you it's kind of you don't down. forget. Yeah. Well, I guess the thing is, uh, I, 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 and I don't want us to, to confuse issues here. There's nothing wrong with the person that agrees to help somebody, right? Even if they like they like being in that space, that's good. The problem is is if you agree to help somebody but you don't follow through, right? That's what, as you were mentioning, Sam. That's where it becomes a problem. Well, and, and also it becomes a problem when if you lack the humility of saying, you know what, I thought I could fulfill that need for you, and I'm sorry, I can't. Sure. It can sometimes sting us. Sometimes we can be honestly mistaken about our own abilities, and we can overestimate what we're able to do, and then we build up expectations in the other person, mm-hmm. and then we kind of find ourselves stuck, and gee, we don't want to be the person to have to lower those expectations because right. we're asking them to lower their expectations of us and it feels good to to have that 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 sense of expectation because in the end there's sort of an honor that that comes from that but sometimes it's important for us to be honest with ourselves with God and with one another about what our limitations are mm-hmm. and to say gosh I I meant it when I said yes but truly I can't be I can't be that person to satisfy that need. Honesty is the best policy, Sam. We just need to get there. Right. And, and speaking of honesty, I want to be honest and say that we've got to take a break. And so <laughs> we are going to take a break, and we'll come back and, and talk some more about uh, about this important topic. But before we do that, I want to remind folks at home, we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And like us on Facebook, on Instagram, and Twitter. Like and share our posts and comment on them. It makes a difference. <laughs> I'm Bess Drzemski, and this is another great moment in church history. Just imagine what it would have been like to sit at the feet of one of the twelve and hear the gospel proclaimed firsthand from someone who saw, touched, walked, and talked with the Lord Jesus himself. This is just what St. Polycarp did as a student of St. John, the last of the beloved apostles to die. St. Polycarp was Bishop of Smyrna and a very holy man. As a member of the second generation of church leaders, he faced many new challenges, challenges even the original twelve apostles did not face. There were many early heresies, challenges to the truth of Christ and the authority of the church. But above all, St. Polycarp was a man of God, and he faced these challenges head-on his entire life. He was a beacon of truth for the early church. The heretic Marcion, who taught error about the nature, existence, and relationship of good and evil, matter and spirit, challenged St. Polycarp, demanding he recognize his heretical sect. Recognize us, Polycarp, he demanded. St. Polycarp responded, I recognize you, yes, I recognize the son of Satan. St. Polycarp was to give his life in service to the Church, just as his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. A very early document, The Martyrdom of Polycarp, tells the heroic story of his death. When in his 80s, St. Polycarp was arrested, he was offered the opportunity to save his own life if he would simply swear his allegiance to Caesar. To this request, St. Polycarp answered, If you imagine that I will swear by Caesar, you do not know who I am. Let me tell you plainly, I am a Christian. It was ordered that St. Polycarp be burned at the stake. As the fire was lit, witnesses heard a long and beautiful prayer uttered from the mouth of the saint. 
in part they heard, Lord God Almighty, I bless you for having made me worthy of this day and this hour. I bless you because I may have a part, along with the martyrs, in the chalice of your Christ. As St. Polycarp said amen, his captor stoked the fire. But it is reported that the fire did not burn him. It miraculously formed an arch around him, causing him to resemble what the martyrdom document says was gold and silver glowing in a furnace. They finally had to stab him to death. St. Polycarp's feast day is February 23rd. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I am Deacon Jeff sitting here with Sam Ziggy Rodriguez, son number one. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> and Thomas Patrick Dorian, son number two. There you Who, go. You know, there's hope for son number two. Thank you. I mean, there, I mean, he could become the son number one that says no. Right. And becomes yes. I mean, that's yeah. just like, and we're talking about uh, Matthew's <laughs> gospel, uh, chapter 21, and just to remind folks, read the first half again. Jesus said to the chief priests and elders of the people, What is your opinion? A man had two sons. He came to the first and said, Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. He said in reply, I will not, saith Sam. But afterwards changed his mind and went. And then, of course, the man came to Tom, the other son, and gave the same order. He said in reply, Yes, sir, but did not go. So, I mean, now, I added the names in there. Those aren't in Scripture. <laughs> and I guess I do want to clear up. I talked about the scribes and the Pharisees, and essentially we're talking about some of the same types of people, but these are the chief priests and the elders. So, just to be clear, that's what Scripture tells us. That's who Jesus is addressing. Those are the folks that... I'm, can, like, the, I'm like the prostitutes and yeah, the IRS. The, the IRS, the tax collectors and the prostitutes. Yes, you are. Well, you know what? In, in Jesus' parables and stories, that's a better place to be. Because that's essentially, true. now the, uh, the, the reformed will say the transformed, yes. uh, redeemed uh, folks. Because, I mean, and, and the whole point of all this stuff, you know, and of course they even get it. They figure out which son. Jesus is like, well, which son is the better son? Which is the one that gets the greater reward? Which is the one that did the right thing, ultimately? And they go, well, of course, it's the it's the guy that said no, but then went. Right. So the first one is the one that did the right thing. Um, and so it's like, yeah, you, you've, you've said correctly, but understand this. And what that means, literally, is like, because he goes on to point out that John the Baptist came, you know, preaching righteousness, and you all rejected him, right? But you didn't like change your mind so you could have been like the first son so john the baptist comes and says there's one greater than me coming i'm not worthy to unstrap this his sandal boots or whatever and so it's like so they they could have said no we reject him and we'll reject you know this person you're talking about but they could have had a change of heart Mm -hmm. and so that's what jesus is saying that the 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 tax collectors and the prostitutes had a change of heart I mean, they came to know the truth, right? That's why son number one ends up in the right place. Mm-hmm. Now, ultimately, we're neither son. Ultimately, we accept Jesus and we do what we say, mm-hmm. right? And and I, 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 want, I did want to read a little bit of uh, uh, a little scripture about a person that keeps their word. Um, in First uh, John, the letter of First John in the second chapter, Fifth verse says, But whoever keeps his word, the love of God is truly perfected in him. This is the way we know that we are in union with him. 
whoever claims to abide in him ought to live just as he lived. And so there's this idea that, you know, your word, and this is why we, we call our word our sacred bond. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we, we pattern it in the way that Jesus lived, but also in the way God revealed himself in, in terms of covenantal language. We make a promise and we keep the promise, mm-hmm. right? So in that way, the, the second son that made the promise didn't keep the promise. And I think that's one of the big problems that we're experiencing here, mm-hmm. right? And so the, the question then becomes, do we make promises that we don't keep? Or like our promises at baptism? Well, we, we, we <laughs> like, well, our parents made those for us. In all fairness, true. you know, that's most of true. us, you know, it's like, well, they spoke for me. I didn't really agree to any of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, Saint Louis de Montfort, he's uh, he, he points out time and time again of there's no promise more important that we make in life than the the promises, the vows we make in baptism. And he's like, and how faithful are any of us to our baptism? <laughs> you know, I, I think about going through Curcio, Tom. You remember this when, when oh, we yeah. when we make those little promises that we're gonna we're gonna do yeah, what you're gonna do on a weekly basis. Yeah, and I, I don't know if about yours, but mine was like just twenty way masses. The, oh yeah, it was over the top. Yeah, it was just like it was Confession impossible. Weekly. Yeah, and I was gonna do all of it at the top of Mount Everest. Right. You know, it's just like it's all these yeah. impossible things that That's I was going to do. Promise under deliver. Exactly, and we can fall into that trap so easily. So. To some degree, it's like, you know, how do you eat the elephant one bite at a time? We might right. want to start that way. Mm-hmm. So I guess we should spend a few minutes talking about what really needs to be happening, how we look at this from our, from a, I say a modern perspective, but in a way that would appeal to us, that would make sense to us. Why do we read this gospel even today, and why should it impact us? Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's two two things come to mind. One um you know the me- the message that it's never too late to change your heart and you know pick up the pieces and and do what you're supposed to do even if initially it was a no. Um, well, to- we just had the workers in the vineyard last week, right? Right. Yep. And so, no matter what time of day, you get the same reward. That's absolutely true. Yeah. And then the other thing that comes to mind, I think, and you get it first. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the other thing that comes to mind is, uh, I think you bring up a great point. That it's not that you're supposed to be one but not two. Both of them are problematic. One is 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 problematic by saying no at first. You know, we're supposed to say yes and follow through. And one of the things that comes to mind as I say this, I have a friend. Uh, she's very close with a Jewish rabbi, and she asked this rabbi. She said, Rabbi, I know that the Jews are the chosen people, but what about what what are the qualities of the Jewish people that make them, you know? The, the chosen people, you know, is there something that, that makes them sort of sp- the perfect people to, for, to be chosen? And the answer that the rabbi gave her was, uh, it's because we are obedient first and listen second, hmm. which I thought was very, uh, very interesting. And, uh, and I think in, to an extent, it, uh, it tells us that, you know, sometimes we say no. Because we have our own reasons in our head about what we need to be doing, and yeah. we need to have all these answers. And if I don't understand it, I'm not going to do it. And I think to an extent, God demands. Listen, if you're hearing from me, it doesn't matter if you don't understand it, or if you think it gets in the way of other things. You need to be obedient first, and you can listen second and sort out. <laughs> you need to come and talk to my kids. <laughs> I think that'd be very helpful. No, I. The truth. Well, now, kids. what you just said is challenging. I mean, it, it challenges me. I'm sitting there listening, going like, "Well, I don't want to do that, Sam." <laughs> Come up with a different answer because I don't like that. Because, but but you're right on the money. It's hard to do. It's hard to be obedient and then listen after that. 
uh, just essentially because if the because your first impulse is guarded, right? Mm-hmm. You you know, and I think about when people ask me things and they they need something. Um, now you can tell when someone's like in dire need, and and I know that's a different situation. But if someone says, "Hey, can you help me move this weekend?" I'm, can you tell I'm getting ready to <laughs> move? Um, it's oh, like, yeah. can you help me move this weekend? It's like when people ask me questions like that. My my first gut feeling, not always my first response. My gut feeling, first blush is always no, 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 no. <laughs> don't just just wait, wait. Don't promise. Don't say you can do that because you 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 say too, yes too much, and you need to learn to say no. I mean, I hear that all the time in my head, and I convince myself that that needs to be my first reaction. When in fact, I think that wise rabbi mm-hmm. might have said, "Well, the other reaction." might be better it's just that we got to follow through with that mm-hmm. right or like you said before have the ability to to go back with humility and say like i, I promise I, I, t- I said i would do this i just don't think i can right that's different than just not showing up right drop it totally dropping the ball you know so so that wow that's a that's a challenge to say you know your first blush is yes <laughs> yeah you know, be obedient be obedient first but i i think I mean, I think the watchword here, and I think the thing that we should all be going for, and why in both of these situations, while they're not perfect, the reason why the first son is rewarded is essentially because of one thing, and that is conversion, mm-hmm. right? Why Jesus talks about the tax collectors and the prostitutes is because it's about conversion. Mm-hmm. Where is your heart? Where was it? And where is it now? And where it is now is what's important. Mm-hmm. How you get there might be a bumpy road, but the reality is... All of us have to start with this concept of conversion, and we have to open ourselves to that. Mm-hmm. Tom, what do we say pretty much every show when we talk about like conversion and humility and and our and, and changing? Uh, where do we have to go? Confession. Yeah, we have to go to confession because yeah. it's like it's like it, it, this this vulnerability and openness to being transformed, mm-hmm. right? And and if you stop and think about it, Sam, what you're talking about in if you have a, a heart of obedience first, mm-hmm. that's someone who. Uh, you know that's that's hard conversion. If you if, if conversion is because you have the heart of no, right? Well, and I think it's a hard question we all need to ask ourselves: Are we going to church with a consumer heart or a servant heart? Yes, let's have those beautiful servant hearts, right? Uh, willing uh, willingness to be uh, transformed by Jesus, and you know what? And that's why we have Mary on our side, mm. always praying for us on our behalf. Let's ask for her intercession. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, pray pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.